All Around the West, Episode 5, Martin's Cove. everybody, this is Scott and Sue from allaroundthewest.com, bringing you more things to do all around the western United States. And today, we visited Martin's Cove in central Wyoming. It's about 325 miles from Salt Lake City, and about, what was it, maybe an hour or so from Casper, a little over an hour? Yes. So, um, Martin's Cove is a place where handcart pioneers took shelter during a one of their their treks across the United States. See, so why don't you tell a little bit about that story and, and what happened? So there were ten handcart companies that crossed the plains from Iowa City to Salt Lake, Mormon handcart pioneers, and all of them except two had very few problems, very few deaths, but the Martin Handcart Company and the Willie Handcart Company, who traveled not together, but not too far apart, about two weeks apart from each other, both left late from Iowa City due to lots of different complications and miscommunication, and they ended up trapped by early snowstorms in late October on the plains of Wyoming. The Martin Handcart Company uh, took shelter during a, once the snow was particularly bad, they took shelter in this uh, cove area and the, most of that land is BLM land. The church owns a little part of land uh, where there's a visitor center and so that's where we went to the visitor center and then we hiked the trail. Okay. Great, and so uh, this is an area that is uh, really important historically to members of the Mormon church, right? Many pioneers came across in covered wagons, but it got to the point where that was very costly, and church leaders in Salt Lake City decided that a more economical, and in some cases, although it wouldn't seem to, to be the case, but even faster, way for pioneers to come across the, the plains and gather in Salt Lake City was to come over via these handcarts. And so they were loaded up with um, some provisions and the pioneers were allowed to, to take for the men 17 pounds each, I think it was. For adults. For adults, or for 10 adults. 10 pounds for children. 10 pounds for children, but as they put provisions on them, they, they could end up being hundreds of pounds, and they end up pulling these all the way across the plains. And as Sue said, many of them didn't have any problem, but these particular two particular companies had great problems. And Martin, Martin the Martin Handcart Company is the one that ended up taking shelter in this cove, waiting for either help from Salt Lake City or to die, or for hopefully for conditions to get better. And it turned out that the Mormon leader, Brigham Young, had heard about the plight of these pioneers, sent help, and they ended up um, finding them in this area and helping them get shelter and eventually helping many of them get to Salt Lake City. 
So we decided that this is a place that we wanted to go visit. We had never visited this before. And so we were going on a trip and we decided to go and visit Martin's Cove. We hadn't really investigated, I guess, enough uh, what was going what was there and what was the visit would entail. And we knew that there would be uh, assumed that there would be some walking. We had no idea that the uh, visitor center and the cove were so far apart. How far was it? It was like, how long? The whole, well, the whole round trip hike was uh, 5.2 miles. So it was about two and a half miles from the visitor center. And it's a function of the, because you had to go onto the BLM land and the way, I guess the way the property is owned and Anyway, so when we got there, it was um, very, very hot, and... I think it was like 100 degrees. We, um, so we hiked on the trail. It, uh, so be prepared when you go. You need to have good shoes, you need a hat, you need bug spray, water. They had a, a couple of spots along the way where you could get water, but it's good to have your own, just in case. There are, um missionaries, senior couple missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are there in several places who will kind of tell the story of what's going on and were very, uh, very nice, very informative. And it was, it was great. It was awesome. We just weren't prepared to do quite that much hiking, so we were tired. Some of it is in sand, on a kind of a sand, really sandy trail. Sue's shoes were open a little bit, huh? Yeah. You end up getting a bunch of sand in your shoes. So it was hard slogging a little bit. But the interesting thing, I think, about it, and one of the things that <clears throat> I, I found interesting is that you, one of the things about the West is that people in the East are always surprised by the wide open spaces in the West. And when you're tooling along the interstate through the wide open spaces at 70 miles an hour, you have these great vistas and you can look far in the distance and you can see and wow it goes far wow it's huge it's mm -hmm. big it's different huh when you're and there it, and it is but <clears throat> it was an interesting perspective you, you usually you know there's fences right along the interstate so you can't get out and walk around and there's very few places where you can just kind of explore explore and walk yeah. around i mean there's you know, just out in the, on the plains. And so it was interesting to be out there and be able to just walk and to realize, I kept saying, wow, we've walked a long ways. And when we would look back, you could see that we had walked a long ways, but in the scheme of things, we really hadn't walked very far if you're walking 1,300 miles from Iowa to Salt Lake City. And so it kind of gave me a real sense of, wow, they must have felt like we're not making much progress, even if they're walking 15 mm. or 20 miles a day because you just didn't seem like you were getting very far. It was just an interesting perspective to be out there kind of in the yeah. plains. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, I remember thinking as we were walking that, okay, it's 100 degrees, hot and everything, but I, all I have is a little, or actually you were carrying the backpack with the water. I had a camera bag. I wasn't hauling a a 400 pound hand cart and 
I was, we were walking on a trail, not, you know, walking over just the bare ground. And not only that, there wasn't a foot of snow on the ground. And I think they said that it was about 11 degrees below zero when they were making this, um, when they were moving into the cove. They'd actually come in to this area called Devil's Gate, which is, <coughs> excuse me, which is just close there to Martin's Cove. And it was about two miles away. And they had to move in this foot of snow and 11 degrees below zero temperature and to get to the... a raging storm. And a raging storm to get to this area. So, I mean, count your blessings. We didn't have to do that. As hard as it was, we didn't have to do that. And our lives weren't dependent on it. So it gave us a different perspective. So this is also an area that is used to um, help, I suppose, educate or give an experience to... Uh, youth from different Mormon congregations around the Western United States. They have a program set up where they can come and participate in a handcart trek. And we actually saw some of them there that day, or today, when we visited. And we talked to one of the missionaries, and they said they have about 20,000 young people that come and do this each year. They, they pull handcarts. Um, camp outside, experience some of the things that the handcart pioneers did, and gives them a little bit of an appreciation for what their ancestors, in some cases, they might have had ancestors that were actually handcart pioneers, but certainly gives them a feeling for the sacrifice and the difficulty and, and that type of thing that, that their pioneer ancestors went through. As part of the experience, they wear, um, quote, period clothing, unquote, the girls wear skirts, the boys wear vests and shirts and hats, and the girls wear bonnets. And um, they leave all electronic devices home and have journals to write in. And so there's, uh, you know, to try to ha have a little bit of that experience. They ford the Sweetwater River. So part of the time uh, where we were, well, all the trail that we were walking on, they also walk on that trail and then walk, they have another area where they, where they walk, where they camp, like Scott said. So it was an interesting experience to see the different groups of youth trekkers up yeah. there and passing them and talking to them. And Our boys did stuff. that a few years ago, didn't they? When they and, were in high school. Yeah. And they really enjoyed it. It gave them great, great appreciation uh, for, for the area, for their ancestors, for those who have sacrificed in many ways for the things that we have today. So of the, Mar of the <clears throat> Martin and Willie Handcar companies, there was about a thousand in the company, and two hundred perished in the storms um, in late October <clears throat> or during October, and by the end of November, both companies had made it to the Salt Lake Valley. So um, that's a lot of casualties. Yeah, and many of them who did make it still, they had the effects uh, were you know, with them for the rest of their lives. In some cases, obviously had frostbitten limbs and, and had them amputated. There's actually a story, too, about a, as they were moving from Devil's Gate to the Martin's Cove, there's a, a river that runs through the valley called the Sweetwater River, and they had to cross it. And these pioneer pioneers were, you know, very weak, um, had, had to go through this snowstorm and had been through a snowstorm, you know, for quite a while. Had, did not have much food. Rations had been 
very minimal, and came to this place where they had to go across the creek and I don't know the, the stream, the river. Don't know how tall it was or, or whatever at that point, but many of them couldn't do it. They just felt like they couldn't do it. Sat down, said, "I can't go any farther." And there's a story of of um, of the rescuers who had come to help them about several young men who <clears throat> who went and carried each each of the members of that pioneer company across the stream uh, one by one all day spending all day in that water and they too had kind of the the effects of that day with them for the rest of their their lives well if you go uh, just make sure as you said as we said it's that time of year when it's hot make sure you bring water make sure you bring a hat it's a it's a bright sun so you'll you'll get sunburned as i did uh, make sure you leave plenty of time you know to make that that uh, hike and uh, and it, it can be an enjoyable thing if you listen, understand what the stories are and, and what really happened there. And about 10 miles west, how many miles west was Independence Rock? I don't know, or east actually. Yeah, about Just 10 miles. About 10 miles maybe is Independence Rock, uh, which is a rock where many of the pioneers who came through this area, uh, whether they were on their way to Oregon or to Utah or to California, um, stopped and carved their names into this rock. It was about halfway between the Missouri River and the Pacific Ocean. So it was a landmark of sorts and uh, it's called Independence Rock. So take a minute and visit that. It's a uh, kind of a national landmark. I was um, profoundly moved and touched at Martin's Cove. I was a little, in, a little disappointed with Independence Rock though. We hiked almost mm. all the way around it and we saw only just a couple of uh, signatures, carvings. Um, we didn't go all the way around because we were so tired. We went about three quarters of the way. And so maybe we missed the, the one spot where all the signatures are, but we hmm. didn't see very many carvings or maybe no. they're eroded. I don't know. Um, it is an impressive site there, kind of just, you can see how it was a landmark and we could, from there, we could look back and see Devil's Gate. Excuse you. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, back, you know, to the west, it, and it's that was also I thought an interesting experience because you hear about um, um, different firsthand narratives and accounts, all these different landmarks um, on the Oregon Trail, California Trail, Mormon Trail um, that they saw, and you wonder, you know, how did they know or how did they see, but. From Independence Rock, it was very obvious. There was this big, giant cut, Devil's Gate. So, yeah, those those landmarks stuck up, and I'm sure they were they were obvious. Independence Rock was, yeah, obvious. So, if you're interested in pioneer history, this is a great place for you to go and learn a little bit about at least some of the difficulties and the and the sacrifices that the pioneers went through. That's all for today. Unless you got anything else to add. Hey, this is Scott and Sue from allaroundthewest.com. Where's your next adventure? <laughs> <laughs>